Support comes from Mosby Building Arts, a design-build company committed to remodeling the right way. Visit callmosby.com to get project inspiration for any room of your house. It's Monday, September 13th. This is The Gateway. I'm Jason Rosenbaum, in for Wayne Pratt. Ahead, some Missouri farmers are trying to learn just how much carbon they can keep out of the atmosphere by putting it in the ground. The goal, ultimate goal of this project is to say what's happening and what's it worth. St. Louis Public Radio's Jonathan All reports on research looking at how environmentally friendly practices could also help the farmer's bottom line. First, the news. Unlike other states, Missouri is not holding a special legislative session regarding congressional redistricting. As St. Louis Public Radio's Sarah Kellogg reports, this could cause some lawmakers to use this delay to their advantage. Census data delays brought on by the COVID-19 pandemic have caused the once-in-a-decade process to occur even later than normal. And Governor Mike Parson's decision to not hold a special session over redistricting means the bulk of the process won't begin until early 2022. By not having a session focused on just redistricting, some state lawmakers could leverage unrelated legislation in order to influence the map-making process. The delay in creating a new congressional map could also be advantageous to lawmakers running for a U.S. House seat, as they could shape what those districts look like. However, because Missouri is neither gaining nor losing a congressional seat, other lawmakers believe the process will be more predictable, though that's not a guarantee. I'm Sarah Kellogg, St. Louis Public Radio. You can hear more about the redistricting process in Missouri by listening to the latest episode of Politically Speaking by going to stlpr.org. Rolla's police department may soon be equipped with body cameras. A majority of the city council had opposed the move, citing the cost and a lack of need. But Police Chief Sean Fagan told the council last week that they were essential pieces of equipment. He says he regularly receives complaints about how officers act. Saying our officers, they're saying these terrible things to them, <coughs> cursing them out, calling them racial names. I honestly don't believe it's happening. And with a body camera, I could really easily look and see the whole interaction between the officers and our persons. Fagan also says body cameras can help keep officers safe by alerting the dispatch center when an officer pulls their taser or firearm. The council has changed its course and plans to try and add the $50,000 expense to its budget. A new law in Illinois is aiming to get more accurate data about the rate of sexual assault at colleges and universities by mandating an anonymous survey. In the survey, students will be able to discuss their experiences with sexual assault without having to make a complaint or file a police report. Chicago Democratic Senator Bill Cunningham sponsored the measure. He says the new law will help get the state a more accurate picture of campus sexual violence. This is a persistent problem we've seen at universities around the country. And we've seen before that when light is shined, on problems like this, they tend to get solved. A state task force will create the survey and review its results. The Illinois Board of Higher Education will distribute it to institutions who do not have their own surveys and publish the results on its website. Monday is the day nuclear giant Exelon had slated to permanently close its power plant in Byron near Rockford. But the Illinois Senate is returning to Springfield again in hopes of wrapping up a last-minute deal to keep the plant from shuttering. 
Hannah Meisel has more. After a summer of stalemate, the Illinois House late last week approved a deal that includes nearly $700 million in ratepayer subsidies for Exelon. The company had threatened to shutter one-third to half of the state's nuclear fleet without more support, which would undermine the state's clean energy goals. After getting the bill across the finish line in his chamber last week, State Representative Jay Hoffman of Swansea expressed his frustration with the company. Exelon has put us in a position of having to pass the bill. I want the nuclear to stay open, but I just don't trust them. I'll be honest with you. The ratepayer subsidy had actually been settled for months, but the summer-long fight about the bill came down to complicated considerations about two coal-fired power plants in Illinois, both of which are now slated for closure in 2045, if not sooner. I'm Hannah Meisel. Some Midwest farmers are getting involved in a research project to help determine exactly how good some practices are for the environment, specifically in reducing the amount of carbon emissions going into the atmosphere. St. Louis Public Radio's Jonathan All reports the goal is to have the data necessary to make good decisions and possibly good money in the coming years. Matt and Kate Lambert farm in north-central Missouri, near Brookfield, and they pride themselves on being good stewards of the land. Matt says they took on planting cover crops a few years ago to help maintain the soil and prevent erosion, which you can see looking out over their field of knee-high soybean plants. And as you look out across the field, you can see the heads of the cover crop, which is cereal rye and triticale, um, still kind of poking up through the bean canopy. Um, from what didn't get killed or knocked down um, when we planted the beans. Planting cover crops is believed to aid in carbon sequestration, or keeping carbon in the ground and out of the atmosphere. But exactly how much isn't clear. That's why the Lamberts are involved in a multi-year research project run by Missouri Corn and Missouri Soy to try to define how much they help. Kate Lambert says it's all about getting the data to know fact from speculation. And I think that is the goal, ultimate goal of this project, is to say what's happening and what's it worth so that everybody involved in it can then make better decisions. Derek Steen is the Director of Environmental Services with Missouri Soy. He says while the first step is to get the data, the hope is farmers can better take advantage of carbon markets where they can sell their carbon credits for the best price and know they are getting a fair deal. I mean, there's no doubt that that is that is important and will continue to be important, especially if growers uh, are to be rewarded or financially or otherwise uh, for the improvements because you've got to have a baseline. Steen is also quick to point out that the research isn't just about the money or the potential of it, but also to know just how friendly an environmentally friendly farming practice is. But the looming prospect of farmers selling carbon credits and getting a financial windfall has some people very concerned. These types of carbon market schemes have had a lot of problems. Ben Lilliston is the Director of Rural Strategies and Climate Change at the Institute for Agriculture and Trade Policy. He says attempts at operating a successful carbon credit market failed 10 to 15 years ago, largely because big polluters were looking to absolve themselves by paying a very small amount of money to people already doing the right thing. He says that problem hasn't been addressed. Even a three- to five-year study like the one in Missouri won't really provide useful data. Lilliston says it still may be unclear how much farming practices like no-till, cover crops, and strategic fertilizing will actually do in the long run. Being able to measure precisely over time, and that's the key, is that when you bring in that carbon into the soil, it needs to be permanent. 
because if it's released, then you can't take advantage of the carbon market. Still, the Lamberts and other farmers like them say some data is better than none. Matt Lambert says if carbon markets start up again, he wants to have as much information as he can. And I'm afraid what's going to happen is, is those companies that are doing that are going to be the ones that are going to be making the big money off the carbon. And even if the carbon markets don't come back or seem to be a bad deal for farmers, Kate Lambert says the information on carbon capture will be useful for people who have for centuries been dedicated to preserving the land that has given them their homes and livelihoods. Um, all of the farmers around this area that we know and work with are extremely interested in doing what's right, but it can't only be what's right for the environment. It has to also be cost efficient and time efficient and available. And knowing how much carbon is sequestered will be an important step to answering those questions. I'm Jonathan All, St. Louis Public Radio. Politics editor Fred Ehrlich edited that piece. Shula Newman is the executive editor of St. Louis Public Radio, a member-supported service of the University of Missouri-St. Louis. Music by Ryan McNeely of Adult Fur. I'm Jason Rosenbaum. Support comes from Mosby Building Arts, a design-build company committed to remodeling the right way. Visit callmosby.com to get project inspiration for any room of your house.